Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Website can be found at www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Well, we, re- we are resuming our study uh, of the Kings, the books of the Kings, and we're still working through 1 Samuel. We're ready for chapters 12 and 13 for today. Now, there's not going to be a little or very much commentary from me uh, this morning. I'm just going to read the story and uh, and let that be what it is. Um, but I will give you just a quick breakdown of what's going on. First of all, we have Samuel. He's expressing to the people that, hey, you've asked for this. You've asked for this king. It's sin in the eyes of God. But God is merciful. And if you will obey him and walk in his ways, and if the king will obey you and walk in his ways, then you guys will be in good shape. He also performs a miracle in front of them by calling on rain and thunder, which causes the people to fear, to have a renewed fear of the Lord. And then in verse, or in chapter 13, we get to this, we finally get to the story of Saul being king. It's been a couple of years. And in the very first story we have here of Saul ruling, he makes a mistake. And it is proclaimed to him from Samuel, it's prophesied to him that his kingdom is coming to an end, or that it's going to come to an end, and that it's going to be given to a man after God's own heart. Now what's interesting is that the mistake that Saul makes isn't like some huge mistake in as far as what we would think of as a huge mistake. I mean, it doesn't seem to even compare to the mistakes, some of the mistakes we'll see David make later on. And yet, this judgment is pronounced upon him. The mistake that he makes is that he, he's supposed to wait on Samuel. He gets impatient. Samuel doesn't arrive when he thinks he should have arrived. And he offers a sacrifice to God. Sounds like a good thing. But it was disobedience to God. And therefore he was judged. Just a reminder to us that sometimes even the best of intentions, if it's in disobedience, has severe consequences. And obedience to God trumps intention as we see in this story with Saul anyway that is the uh, breakdown of what we're getting ready to cover enough words from me let's hear the word of God Samuel chapter 12 and 13 King James Bible let's begin verse 1 And Samuel said unto all Israel, Behold, I have hearkened unto your voice and all that ye have said unto me, and have made a king over you. And now, behold, the king walketh before you, and I am old and gray-headed. And behold, my sons are with you, and I have walked before you from my childhood unto this day. Behold, here I am. Witness against me before the Lord. And before his anointed, whose ox have I taken? Or whose ass have I taken? Or who have I defrauded? Whom have I oppressed? 
or of whose hand have I received any bribe to blind my eyes therewith? And I will restore it to you. And they said, Thou hast not defrauded us, nor oppressed us, neither hast thou taken aught of any man's hand. And he said unto them, The Lord is witness against you, and his anointed is witness this day, that you have not found aught in my hand. And they answered, He is witness. And Samuel said unto the people, It is the Lord that advanced Moses and Aaron, and brought your fathers up out of the land of Egypt. Now therefore stand still, that I may reason with you before the Lord of all the righteous acts of the Lord, which he did to you and to your fathers. When Jacob was come into Egypt, and your fathers cried unto the Lord, and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, which brought forth your fathers out of Egypt, and made them dwell in this place. And when they forgot the Lord their God, he sold them into the hand of Sisera, captain of the host of Hazor, and into the hand of the Philistines, and into the hand of King Moab, and they fought against them. And they cried unto the Lord and said, We have sinned because we have forsaken the Lord and have served Balaam and Astaroth, and now deliver us out of the hand of our enemies, and we will serve thee. And the Lord sent Jerubabel and Baden and Japhethath and Samuel, and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side, and you dwelled safe. And when you saw that Nahash, the king of the children of Ammon, came against you, ye said unto me, Nay, but a king shall reign over us, when the Lord your God was your king. Now therefore, behold, the king who you have chosen, and whom you have desired, and behold, the Lord hath set a king over you. If ye will fear the Lord, and serve him, and obey his voice, and not rebel against the commandments of the Lord, then shall both ye and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the Lord your God. But if ye will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandments of the Lord, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you as it was against your fathers. Now let's hold up for a second. Because I'm always thinking about how this speaks to us in our time, in our generation, when I'm reading the Word of God, because the Word of God is a living, breathing Word, right? It's always relevant all the time. I feel like we have went this way, as a people here in the United States anyway. We have rebelled against the commandments of God. We have gone astray. We have said, we don't want to hear them anymore. We don't want to teach them to our children anymore. We want them out of the schools. We want them out of government buildings. We want to completely separate ourselves from God. We don't want to obey Him anymore. And make no mistake about it. As a result, the Lord is now against us. What does it say here? He says, if you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against his commandments, rebel against the commandments of the Lord, then shall both ye and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the Lord your God. 
But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord and rebel against the commandments of the Lord, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you as it was against your fathers. Make no mistake, until there's revival, until there's true repentance, and a running back towards the commandments of God and the ways of God, until then, the hand of the Lord will be upon this country. And make no mistake about it, it is. It is. It's not to say that he doesn't show mercy and kindness and that he doesn't have a remnant. But as, as in general, as a people, and it's not really even this, just this country, the whole world. And this is why I believe, this is one of the reasons I believe that we are approaching the end. Is that the whole world has gone astray. Yes, there's a remnant. God has a remnant in every corner. But as a whole, the whole world has rebelled against God. Let's continue on. Verse 16, Samuel's still talking here. Now therefore stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest today? I will call unto the Lord, and he shall send thunder and rain, that you may perceive and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord, in asking you a king. So Samuel called unto the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. And all the people said unto Samuel, Pray for thy servants unto the Lord thy God, that we die not. For we have added unto all of our sins this evil to ask us a king. And Samuel said unto the people, Fear not. Ye have done all this wickedness, yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And turn ye not aside, for then should ye go after vain things, which cannot profit or li nor deliver, for they are vain. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great namesake, because it hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things he hath done for you. But if ye shall still do wickedly, ye shall be consumed both ye and your king. Chapter 13 Saul reigned one year, and when he had reigned two years over Israel, Saul chose him three thousand men of Israel. Thereof two thousand were with Saul in Mishmash, in the mount of Bethel, and a thousand were with Jonathan in Gilbeah of Benjamin. And the rest of the people sent every man to his tent. And Jonathan smote the garrison of the Philistines that was in Geba. And the Philistines heard of it, and Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land, saying, Let the Hebrew hear. And all Israel heard say that Saul had smitten the garrison of the Philistines, and that Israel also was had an abomination with the Philistines. And the people were called together after Saul to Gilgal. And the Philistines gathered themselves together to fight with Israel, thirty thousand chariots and six thousand horsemen. And the people as the sand is on the seashore in multitude, and they came up and pitched in Mishmash, eastward of Beth Heaven. When the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, for the people were distressed, 
Then the people did hide themselves in caves and in thickets and in rocks and in high places and in pits. And some of the Hebrews went over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to me, and a peace offering. And he offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass, that as soon as he had made an end of the offering, the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came, and Samuel went out to meet him, that he might salute him. All right. Here's where Saul has made his grave mistake. And it's a mistake of pride and arrogance, which God despises. Saul knows that it's that it's the priest's job to do this. But he thinks to himself, you know what? I'm the king. I'm tired of waiting on Samuel. I'm going to do this thing myself. Sometimes we as Christians, especially those of us who work in ministry or want to or want to pursue that type of a life, we could easily make the mistake of thinking, well, we know better than say the elders of the church or the pastor of the church we know better we know better we're more versed we understand this better we can make mistakes like like king saul is making here thinking that it is our job and then we step out of our place and we walk in disobedience and that is what is happening here saul he didn't want to wait on samuel anymore so he inserted himself in that position which was not ordained by God. In fact, it was rebellion against what God had said. And therefore his punishment comes. Verse 11, And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together in Mishmash, therefore said I, The Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. Samuel saying, If you just would have obeyed God, Walked in his ways, he would have established your kingdom forever. Verse 14, But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Samuel arose and got him up from Gilgal unto Gabiah of Benjamin, and Saul numbered the people that were present with him, about six hundred men. And Saul and Jonathan his son, and the people that were present with them, abode in Gibeah of Benjamin. But the Philistines encamped in Mishmash. And his spoilers came out of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. One company turned into the way that leadeth to Ophrah, unto the land of Shaul. And the other company turned to the way of Beth Horon. Another company turned by the way to the border that looketh to the valley of Zibion, toward the wilderness. Now there was no smith found throughout all the land of Israel, for the Philistines said, Let the Hebrews make them swords or spears. 
But all the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen every man his share, and his coulter, and his axe, and his mattock. Yet they had a file for the mattocks, and the coutlers, and the forks, and for the axes, and to sharpen the goads. So it came to pass, in the day of the battle, that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan, but with Saul and with Jonathan his sons were there found. And the garrison of the Philistines went out to the passage of Mishmash. And that is where our study ends for today. And really, I guess if there's a lesson to be learned here, it is that obedience matters, right? It's all about obedience. The promise to Israel was, hey, if you will obey the commandments of God, if you will walk in his ways, if you will fear him, properly fear him, then you and your king will be blessed. If not, there's going to be judgment. It's plain and simple. And it's really a tragedy for Saul. Because here he is, he's only been in the king he's only been a king for a couple of years, and he's already ruined the future of his kingdom. Or the future of his reign over Israel. Over something that may not seem like a big deal, but it was a direct disobedience. It was inserting himself in a position that God had not given him. Inserting himself into the position of the priest. Arrogance and pride. Thinking that you have the authority to do that. Let it be a warning to us all. God has given you the place and the position that you're in right now. Don't try to insert yourself into another one. If God calls you to that, then God calls you to that. But where you are right now is where God has you. Embrace it. I don't have many words for you this morning. Hopefully, uh, there's something there for some of you, or if not for all of you. I pray that the Word of God has blessed you this morning. Thank you for listening. Thank you for support. Lord willing, we'll be back with our prophet's portion uh, on Friday. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless. <laughs>